0: Michigan just plowed through their second Group of Five opponent in the month of September, winning by a score of 35-7, to with two active head coaches. Jim Harbaugh's son Jay Harbaugh, the special teams coordinator, was the acting head coach for the first half, and running backs coach Mike Hart was the acting head coach for the second half. The Wolverines dominated this game their offense, once again, looked like one of the most efficient units in the nation. J.J. McCarthy completed over 80% of his passes, going 22 of 25 for nearly 300 yards, and having two touchdown passes He had again to Roman Wilson. Blake Corum in the run game had a more successful day, though I can't say the same for Donovan Edwards, who sadly averaged 1.5 yards per carry. I don't know what's going on with him. I hope his game improves. From what I could look while watching the game, it seems like he he can't find any holes. Like, there are some holes and some lanes, but he isn't patient enough to hit them, or the offensive line still isn't doing as good of a job as they did last year opening up wide lanes. It seems like Blake Corum in this game and also against East Carolina, was able to find small holes and just burst through them. I don't know if Donovan Edwards has that same capability with some of those smaller gaps. The offensive line only had, has had one or two moments so far in the season where they had a gaping wide open hole. And Blake Corum was the one to take the ball through that hole and get a big chunk of yards. But I still think Donovan Edwards is a great running back, and I think he will have some breakout games this season like he did last year against Penn State and Michigan. And Coram looked good in this game. McCarthy even had some designed runs. He averaged over 10 yards per carry. And Jack Tuttle even had a, a nice pull on the read option before he got injured, which sucked. That was a bad play by number five, I believe, on UNLV on that late hit. But Michigan dominated their opponent. There's not much to talk about in regards to this game because if you watched, Michigan controlled from start to finish. They chewed the clock as much as they could, then put backups in around the middle of the third quarter. They had nearly 500 yards of total offense, and they had 31 minutes of T.O.P., And most of the T.O.P. in the fourth quarter was attributed to UNLV. If you took out the fourth quarter, Michigan was just wrecking the Rebels in terms of possessions, time of possession. And look, I was surprised when Michigan ended up scoring once again less than 40 or 50 points. And to me, that is somewhat cause for concern. Yet again, looking around the nation it seems that a lot of teams are struggling to put up big numbers on smaller competition. And I don't think that's necessarily because they're struggling, but in terms of Michigan yesterday, they sort of reminded me of an NFL team. Once they got up by a big amount, they had no interest in running up the score. They put in backups. They called bland plays. Jim Harbaugh also still isn't with the team, so the head coaches get to make the decisions as to what they want to do, what plays they want to approve or disapprove of. Harbaugh's not there. So obviously in game one, it was Jesse Minter running the show, and in this game it was Mike Hart and Jay Harbaugh running the show. I do want to see Michigan's offense output at a larger number on a more explosive scale. The consistency that I've seen with this offense is unlike anything I've seen with Michigan, even against lower end opponents in 2021 and 2022, the offense was not consistent or as consistent as this offense was, most definitely in the passing game, which we'll talk about throughout this video. However, the scoring output is concerning. The fourth down conversion success rate, which is not high, is concerning. Though the offensive line they, they looked better in this game, which is something that I stated I wanted to see. And those are good things from the offensive line. I thought that the coaches did a, a nice job. I think that the offensive line's improved performance was from Sharon Moore. You could tell in this game that you know Moore was calling the plays. Michigan attempted pa- passes for 28 times. Um, McCarthy had 25 passing attempts. Michigan ran the ball more than they did against East Carolina. And they averaged over five yards per carry and had three rushing touchdowns. They were more of that traditional Michigan offense that we're so used to. And nonetheless, McCarthy, look, he was a great player. And once again, in my mind, he was the player of the game. He averaged 11 yards per pass attempt, completed over 80% of his passes, and 278 passing yards, 34 rushing yards. And he looked like an elite quarterback. Right now, he has the nation's number one quarterback efficiency rating. Now, again, he's faced the equivalent of, like, pipsqueak teams, if we're being real here. That's no disrespect to East Carolina or UNLV. But they don't have the players that Michigan does. I want to see how he performs. Who cares about Penn State and Ohio State? That's That's way far down the line. I want to see how he does against Nebraska's secondary, against Minnesota's secondary, that back-to-back road trips. I want to see how he does against those teams who have good defenses. But he has over 500 passing yards so far, McCarthy does, 558 to be exact, and five passing touchdowns. And his QBR right now, quarterback efficiency rating, is a 95.3, which is number one in all of the FBS, according to ESPN. He also has a 202.5 passer rating. Now, obviously, as a Michigan fan, I hope that he can keep keep that those numbers up through the whole year. If he does, there will be Heisman conversations. There will be first-team All-Big Ten and All-American conversations. But I'm not going to play into that because he's facing teams that are far less talented than Penn State and Ohio State. And... We have to see how he does against these better teams, so I'm not going to make any predictions based off of what I'm seeing in these games. What I think's going to happen is my prediction of McCarthy being one of the better quarterbacks in the nation will be fulfilled, but he still won't be that top four, top five quarterback. He'll just be far more consistent, the upside will stay, and there will be little to no turnover issues for the most part, and we've seen that so far. We have. I just don't expect him to complete more than 80% of his passes against Kalen King or Denzel Burke and Davis and I think that would be lunacy. And if he does do those things, then we know that I undersold J.J. McCarthy, along with basically everyone, because I don't know a single soul who picked this guy from an objective point of view to be the number one quarterback in the nation. I don't. But he's been efficient. He's done everything he's been asked, and then some. I mean, above a 200 passer rating and and a very efficient QBR for two games in a row where he had a 94 efficiency rating or above, it's impressive. He completed 88% of his passes yesterday and 86.7% of his passes against East Carolina. He had his longest pass so far of the season against UNLV with a 47-yard dart to Roman Wilson. That was impressive to watch and the way that he commands the offense, his his footwork is great. He stays in the pocket. He's patient. He's intelligent. He's not as erratic as he was, which means you're not going to see as many plays extended in my mind, but you're not going to see the same turnovers, and you're going to see more of that upside, more of the accuracy, the arm strength, and the decision-making, rather than maybe— you get one Patrick Mahomes esque play here, but then two pick sixes. I don't think you're gonna see that as much from JJ McCarthy. Honestly, to make a comparison to a quarterback who right now I would say is better than McCarthy, would or at least at a similar level, but I'd say better, because he has a worse supporting cast, and he's faced tougher competition, but this ranking can change, would be Shadur Sanders. They both have they're they both are very patient. They're extremely patient. They stay in the pocket. Um, Shadur reminds me of JJ last year in the sense that he sometimes holds on to the ball too much. Thank you for to a commentator for pointing that out in my Colorado Nebraska reaction video. He does do that. but Shadur also just knows almost instinctively at a high intellect level where to place the ball. And McCarthy could very well have that but I need to see him play teams that have comparable talent to his team before I have to, you know, state that proclamation. But Roman Wilson looked good. McCarthy, he he just, he looked like an elite quarterback. And I would like to say more because I like to deep dive into these type of videos, but he faced UNLV, so there isn't as much to talk about as, let's say, Nebraska-Colorado or Texas-Alabama. There just isn't. But we'll talk about Michigan's defense and the rest of the offense later in this video. But before we do, we got to touch on the losers first. We save the best for last on this channel. And before we go any further, please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this game down below. Were you impressed with JJ McCarthy? Did you think the offensive line improved? Were you impressed with the fact that Michigan just bullied UNLV at the lines of scrimmage? They had a lack of a pass rush against East Carolina that people were concerned about. I wasn't bothered by that at all. I thought the defense played very conservatively. And against UNLV, they just blew up their offensive line casually. And Gary Danielson even mentioned how he thinks Michigan has comparable athletes to Georgia. Now, part of me would almost question that because the Wolverines don't, recruit at the same level that georgia does but gary danielson has watched and commentated on more georgia football than i have ever and potentially more than i ever will in at least the next decade or potentially my whole life so he would know better than i would on that standpoint unlv did not have the same level of talent that michigan did they they, they couldn't score until the fourth quarter they couldn't whatsoever they couldn't move the ball really until the fourth quarter um Doug Brumfield he had 100 passing yards and he also had negative 11 rushing yards he did have moments where he scrambled but Michigan had 5 sacks 10 tackles for loss three passes defended um Michigan didn't force any turnovers um UNLV did fumble Vincent Davis Jr did but it was recovered by UNLV uh, the Rebels did get a pick, though, off of Davis Warren, and they also showcased um, Jaden Maeva, the backup quarterback, who played a much better game than Doug Brumfield did, in my opinion, going 5 of 7 for 68 yards. UNLV's run game, they only had 61 rushing yards. They averaged 2 yards per carry. They had 1 rushing touchdown late in the game. Um, that was by Jordan, Jordan Young-Humphrey. He had a 20-yard rushing touchdown of 20 against backups, and that was on a 9-play, 81-yard, 5 minutes and 34 seconds drive by the Rebels. Again, I'm genuinely surprised that whether you want to say UNOV held Michigan to 35 points, I don't think that's accurate, but they certainly held Michigan's backups from doing anything on offense which is a concern because injuries happen. You want the backups to look good. It's also impressive on UNLV's part because their starters are not as talented as Michigan's backups. Yet at the same time, you also have to look at UNLV and the fact that they never quit. They have an admirable roster, and they had over 200 yards of offense, and they did manage to score a touchdown. However, Michigan did dominate them for three quarters three quarters and Michigan in my mind along with a team like Georgia those two teams are really standing out to me I need to watch more Georgia I've just watched a few highlights here and there but Georgia will just explode they'll explode out of nowhere especially they'll start slow then they'll explode in the middle and late portions of the game and then cool back down Michigan is just a consistent efficient thumping and then once they get ahead of you by enough, then they take their, they take their foot off the gas. That's what Michigan is. So it's, it's a little bit of different styles, but both teams in my mind are standing out to me as the top two teams in the country. And there's an argument for them to be in any order. Georgia's won the last two national titles, and they're scoring more points than Michigan. They have more talent than Michigan on the field. So there's an argument for them to be at number one. And for Michigan, they return more. Michigan has actually surprisingly played the more impressive schedule in two games, and Michigan has been more consistent, especially on offense, than Georgia has. But those two teams, for me, are the best in the country right now, just looking at them. Those are the two best teams in the nation. I need to see more from Ohio State after their offense has been hit and miss for the past two games, and we'll talk about them in a video later today. And then Texas and Florida State, I'm just not buying them as top two teams yet. I need to see them be consistent. I, I need to see consistency from those two teams. I think they're top 10. I think they'll finish top 10. I think it's likely one of them will be in the playoff, but to win it all, I need to see more from them before I go that far. This team never quits. They'll do a good job running the football on almost anyone on the remainder of their schedule. They play Vanderbilt at home this Saturday and then after that their next toughest opponent will probably be between Colorado State, um San Jose State at the end of the year, Air Force or um Fresno State. After Vanderbilt, I mean UNLV I think will finish this year with a 500 record or better. They played Michigan well. They beat up on Bryant last weekend and Barry Odom, I think, has a he has a good staff with them. And the way that they held Michigan on that fourth down and how they didn't give up and never quit in the fourth quarter, it's impressive. You got to take your wins where you can take them from. And I think Barry Odom and UNLV did that. Speaking of Michigan, obviously there's a lot more to talk about in regards to the Wolverines than the, the Rebels. I almost said the Bruins. I don't know why I did, but I almost did. Michigan had nearly 500 total yards of offense. They had five touchdowns. And those are good things. And if you watch the game, you knew that you know that this team's dominant. They I don't care that ESPN's FPI is dropping them, which I mean the only reason they're dropping Michigan is they didn't score 50 points. That's why. FPI is kind of like a point spread calculator slash power ranking system, which means teams are rewarded by the index for scoring more points. The reason I figured that out is despite Michigan being far more efficient than let's say Penn State, for example, Penn State leapfrogged Michigan because they beat their opponents 63 to 7 in Delaware, despite playing their starters longer, despite allowing a embarrassingly long rushing touchdown in the first half, etc. Not saying that Penn State is this largely inferior team to Michigan. I like Drew Aller. He had a good game, and Catron Allen is—I mean, right now he's leading Penn State in rushing yards. and It's not Nicholas Singleton. Penn State is a good team, but I'm saying the way that football power index and some of these other rankings calculate things is you got to look deeper than just points scored per game, points allowed per game. You got to watch the games, and I'm going to watch Penn State Delaware. I'm going to have to watch the highlights. I didn't get to it yesterday, and I want to re-watch Ohio State, Youngstown State, Alabama, Texas, and a lot of the games, even the ones that I saw, because it's interesting. And the more I watch, the more things I'll discover that I didn't know. But something that I know about Michigan is that they have NFL athletes all over the field. I don't know if Gary Danielson's statement about comparing Michigan to Georgia on that level is appropriate. I would lean towards saying yes, but I don't know because again, we don't want to overreact here. And it's week two. And Michigan hasn't played anyone. Georgia hasn't played anyone. Texas and Alabama have played each other. But even then, that's one big game. That's one important game. Conference play isn't even here yet. Conference play is when we will really begin to know about all of these teams. Which is why I'm excited for Michigan to host Rutgers and then take that back-to-back road trips. Because that will tell us a whole lot about Michigan Michigan's lone game against Rutgers or a lone game against Nebraska or Minnesota might tell us more than all the previous games before, let's say, Minnesota or Nebraska or Rutgers. That's how important those games will be in telling us who Michigan is, and also Jim Harbaugh will be back by then as well. So the team will not be without their head coach on the sidelines on Saturdays. The trench play is improving. Michigan averaged over 5 yards per carry on the ground, and the Wolverines also had 5 sacks and 10 tackles for loss. These are things that I wanted to see, especially after last weekend where Michigan had no sacks and they averaged less than 4 yards per carry on the ground, and the Wolverines averaged 11.2 yards per pass attempt. Jaden Denegal had a nice 35-yard bomb in this game, to Samaj Morgan, Samaj Morgan being a true freshman wide receiver, 5'10", 176 from West Bloomfield, Michigan. And J.J. McCarthy looked fluid all day. And I think that the offense, there's a chance that this offense is actually better than the defense this year. The defense I need to, it's similar to Michigan State. It's really similar to every defense in the Big Ten right now outside of Iowa's, because that's Iowa. I mean, they got a pick. Cade McNamara threw a pick to Iowa State, and then Iowa State says, no, hold my beer. I want to lose more than you. And Iowa picks off their quarterback, but being a Phil Parker defense, they return it for six. Coincidentally, Iowa wins by seven. So, give or take, Iowa's defense is just legendary. And Nebraska's defense, I think, is proven. Whether it's just a good or above average defense or a great near elite defense, we'll figure out. But we know something about Nebraska's defense, Iowa's defense, Wisconsin's defense, I think, is in repair mode after seeing what Washington State did to them last night. But for most of these Big Ten defenses, we do have a lot to learn. For Michigan, they have talent. They have speed. Their secondary is awesome. I mean, in the past two games, it seems like Michigan's run defense has improved compared to previous years, but I'd argue the pass defense is still a step ahead. And linebacker plays doing well. Ernest Hausman has been active in both games. Jalen Harrell and Kenneth Grant each had one and a half sacks yesterday. Also, Braden McGregor got involved. Mason Graham, Chris Jenkins, Michigan just had a really good day in the trenches on the offensive line as well. There were two two of Corum's rushing touchdowns the offensive line just powered through and they were standing up in the end zone with Corum. So they have a push especially on that interior from what I could tell, maybe I'm wrong, I don't think Michigan performed that well running on the outside. There were some plays where they attempted to get Colston Loveland and Donovan Edwards the ball on end rounds, which was interesting, but I think Michigan's trying to do new things, trying to spread out their opponents. One thing about the Wolverines offense that I love is their third down conversion efficiency. 7 of 12, and ultimately, it was more successful than that, if you really think about it, just factoring in starters. So, Third down efficiency, great. Fourth down efficiency is something that I want to see improvement at in the future. The Wolverines continue to dominate on offense and defense, and this is just another game and another example of Michigan rolling through a weak opponent. We'll have to see how legitimate this team is when they play a legitimate opponent, a team that can match up with them. Or a conference road game against a team not named Northwestern or Indiana or Rutgers or Maryland for that matter. Someone better than those teams. Even though Maryland could end up being a challenge maybe at the end of the year. I think Nebraska, Minnesota might have some athletes defensively to slow down this offense. But realistically, Penn State and Ohio State, and you can never forget the rivalry game with Michigan State. Those three are the teams where we're going to find out who Michigan football is. So I'm excited for the rest of the college football season. Yesterday, there were tons of upsets, Washington state over Wisconsin, Miami over Texas, A&M, Texas over Alabama. And there are definitely more that I'm just not remembering off of the top of my head. Oh, also Tennessee struggling with Austin pay. So college football is chaos to me it seems like the only teams right now that are like consistent or that scream consistency to me are Georgia and Michigan. Washington, I want to see them play Michigan State before I put them in this elite category, but currently and you'll see this in my top 25 video, I am higher on Washington now than I was even in the preseason and I was much higher on Washington in the preseason than most pundits and analysts were. Um before we end this video, Thank you to my Patrons, Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American Patron, and Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, and Matthew Sale, my All-Conference Patrons. Thank you so much for supporting this channel. It means a lot to me. And check out my Patreon page down through the link in the description below. And comment your thoughts on this game. Tell me what you think. Tell me some games that you want me to cover for this week. I won't be able to get to all of them, of course. I'm, I'm busy, my schedule's packed, and I plan most things out per week, but I think I can fit in a game that you all want me to cover in particular. I think I can fit at least one of those in. So let me know what that game is, whether it's Big Ten or not, down in the comments section below. Remember to subscribe, like this video, and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I post more content. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye.